If you thought the Blake Bortles experience was coming to an end in Jacksonville, think again as Saturday the team and quarterback agreed to a contract extension. The third overall pick in 2014 will remain with the team that drafted him for a deal that is set to pay him $54 million over three years. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Bortles could stand to make as much as $66.5 million if certain incentives are reached and $26.5 million of the contract are guaranteed. It's a surprising turn of events for both the Jaguars and Bortles, who seemed destined to part ways up until nearly the end of their season. For most of his career as a starter, Bortles had been a massive disappointment, not nearly living up to the hype of his lofty draft status. His first three years, he was an interception machine, tossing 17, 18, and 16 picks respectively. He did, however, show he could put up big numbers as evidenced by his sophomore campaign where he threw for 4,428 yards and 35 touchdowns. The problem was, in his third year, 2016, he regressed significantly, throwing for under 4,000 yards and only 23 touchdowns. Three years of Bortles, a whole lot of turnovers, and very few wins meant the 2017 season probably would be it for the QB in Jacksonville. Rather than pick up his fifth-year option, it seemed likely the Jaguars would ride out the last year of his deal and then go back to the drawing board at quarterback. Bortles' start to the new season didn't exactly do anything to dissuade that opinion, as his team was winning games, though seemingly in spite of his play. Then, something seemed to click late in the year with Bortles, and as his team headed towards a division title and the playoffs, he began to step up his game. Bortles was still inconsistent, but in the midst of a Jaguars playoff push, he was playing some of his very best football. He actually went through a five-game stretch where he tossed eight touchdowns to only one interception. Then, in the postseason, Bortles held his own, leading his team to a win in the wildcard round over Buffalo, and then to a huge upset in the divisional round going into Pittsburgh and beating the Steelers. The Jaguars ended up being eliminated by the Patriots in the AFC title game, though by no fault of their quarterback. In his three playoff games, Bortles threw for 594 yards, three touchdowns, and most importantly, didn't throw a single interception. He did everything the team asked and appeared to change the minds of many in the Jaguars organization about his role in the future of the team. Those two playoff wins and a division title seemingly were enough to have the Jags give Bortles more time at the helm of their franchise. And though $18 million per year seems like a lot of money, by NFL quarterback standards, it's a relative bargain. Pro Football Talk projection of the annual salary among starting quarterbacks in the NFL for next year has Bortles' new deal making him the 19th highest paid QB among the 32 teams in the league, which includes the slotted rookie deals of a lot of guys like Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota, who in short order will be making more money than Bortles. So it's a minimal risk deal for Jacksonville, who is now paying below market rate to a quarterback who just proved in the biggest games he can play a high-level football. If Bortles stinks, the deal is short-term, again, only three years, and the team can, in the meantime, draft a quarterback to play under him if they so choose and have that guy be the QB of the future. Bortles gets a solid payday that he probably wasn't expecting only a few months ago, and the Jaguars get a motivated Bortles who played well in the playoffs with minimal risk. It's a win-win. 
We all know the future is seemingly very bright in Jacksonville with that incredibly talented young defense and a star running back in Leonard Fournette. Now Bortles has a chance to be the quarterback that's part of that future, something that seemed highly unlikely not too long ago. I'm Jeff Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. It's Sunday, February 25th. All of Saturday's basketball games are finished up. Here is your morning after in the NBA. The Celtics get by the Knicks 121-112. to 112. Kyrie Irving leads the game in scoring with 31 points, adding 9 rebounds and 8 assists. And Jalen Brown finishes with 24 points in the Boston victory. Trey Burke goes for 26 points and 8 assists off the bench. And Ennis Cantor scores 9 points and grabs 12 rebounds in New York's loss. The 76ers defeat the Magic 116-105. All five of Philly's starters end the game scoring in double figures, led by a game-high 28 points from Joel Embiid, who also hauls in 14 rebounds. And Ben Simmons chips in with 17 points and 7 assists in the win. Aaron Gordon finishes the game with 20 points, hands out 7 assists, and grabs 7 rebounds. And Nikola Vucevic scores 15 points and hauls in 9 boards for Orlando in their loss. Memphis is crushed by Miami, 115-89. Tyler Johnson leads all scorers with 23 points for the Heat in their win. On the losing side, Jamichael Green finishes up with a 10-point, 11-rebound double-double for the Grizzlies. Oklahoma City gets destroyed by Golden State, 112-80. Kevin Durant puts up a game-high 28 points to go with 5 rebounds, and Steph Curry adds 21 points, 3 steals, 6 assists, and 9 rebounds for the Warriors in the victory. Russell Westbrook ends his night with 15 points, 7 assists, and 12 rebounds, and Carmelo Anthony scores 14 points and grabs 5 rebounds in the Thunder loss. The Timberwolves blow out the Bulls, 122-104. Carl Anthony Towns has a 22-point, 13-rebound double-double, and Jeff Teague scores a game-high 25 points to go along with 7 rebounds and 7 assists in Minnesota's win. Seven players for Chicago end up scoring in double figures, 21 points, 6 rebounds, and 7 assists from Zach Levine, and 15 points off the bench from Bobby Portis in the loss. Portland sneaks by Phoenix 106-104. Damian Lillard leads all scorers, dropping 40 points along with 5 assists and 10 rebounds. And Joseph Nurkic has a 14-point, 13-rebound double-double in the Blazers' victory. Devin Booker puts up 30 points to go with 9 rebounds. And Alex Len finishes with 11 points and 13 rebounds for the Suns in their loss. Dallas drops their game to Utah 97-90. Rookie Donovan Mitchell scores a game-high 25 points, hands out 5 assists, and grabs 6 boards in the Jazz win. J.J. Jabrea ends his night with a 17-point, 12-assist double-double for the Mavericks in the losing effort. And the final game Saturday saw the Lakers edge out the Kings 113-108. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is the game's high point man with 34, adding 7 rebounds. And Isaiah Thomas scores 17 points off the bench in the L.A. victory. Willie Cauley-Stein goes for an 18-point, 15-rebound double-double. And Buddy Heald scores 21 points and grabs 8 rebounds off the bench for the Kings in their loss. That's the buzzer for this edition of the Morning After in the NBA. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. Some additional NBA news was actually some really good news for fans of the Minnesota Timberwolves as an MRI to their all-star Jimmy Butler revealed that he did not tear his ACL or MCL as the team had previously feared. 
Butler the other night went down in a heap against the Houston Rockets, had to be helped off the court. And obviously, whenever that happens, the teams and the players fear that it is a torn ACL or MCL, as we often see in basketball. The MRI said it was a meniscus injury. He's going to still get a second opinion. But if that is the case and it is just a meniscus injury, Butler should be able to return before the playoffs which would be huge because the Timberwolves have not made the playoffs in 13 seasons and appear to be a prime to make a legitimate run this postseason. Butler's also been terrific for Minnesota this year after they acquired him in the offseason with a trade from the Bulls. He's averaging 22.2 points per game, 5 assists per game, and 5.4 rebounds per game, as well as providing the Timberwolves with his patented excellent defense. So some really, really good news for Butler and the Timberwolves, as he looks like he is going to be okay. As I said, no timetable on his return, but it appears that he will be back before the playoffs begin, and that is huge for him and the Timberwolves. I'm Jeff Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. The final full day of competition in these winter games has finished up, and all that's left is a couple more medals to hand out before the closing ceremonies. The men's hockey gold medal game featured Germany taking on the heavily favored Olympic athletes from Russia, and to their credit, the Germans pushed the Russians as much as they could. Ultimately, though, it was the Olympic athletes from Russia winning the men's hockey gold 4-3 on the strength of an overtime game winner by Kril Keprizov. Although they couldn't compete under the Russian flag, this medal marks the ninth time a team made up of Russian athletes has won the gold in the Olympics. The former Soviet Union took home six golds from 1956 to 1988. A unified team made up, of, made up of former Soviet countries won the gold in 1992. And now it's the Olympic athletes from Russia with the gold medal in men's hockey. As a strange aside, the country has actually never won an Olympic gold while competing under what is now the Russian flag. It seemed a foregone conclusion that the Olympic athletes from Russia would end up as world champions, considering the talent on their team. The Russian Professional Hockey League, KHL, is second only to the NHL in terms of talent and features many former NHL All-Stars. So Russia was able to send all of their best pros from that league while all the NHL players had to sit out this year's games. That meant traditional hockey powerhouses like the United States, Canada, and Sweden were all forced to resort to rosters featuring nowhere near their best players. Tournament MVP honors went to Ilya Kovalchuk, a 34-year-old former NHL star who played with the Atlanta Thrashers and the New Jersey Devils before heading back to his native Russia to play in the KHL, where he now stars for SKA St. Petersburg. With the loss, Germany finishes with a silver medal, their best ever finish in men's hockey. In the bronze medal game, Canada defeated the Czech Republic 6-4. The Canadians entered the Olympics as the back-to-back defending champions and winners in three of the last four winter games. But again, due to the NHL's restriction of their players competing in these games, the Canadians were forced to compete with a patchwork roster, and so they end up with the bronze. Germany won the gold medal in the four-man bobsled competition led by pilot Francisco Frederick. Frederick also piloted the Germans' two-man bobsled team to a gold medal as he becomes the fifth German pilot to sweep the two- and four-man golds for bobsled in the same Olympic Games. Host nation South Korea would take home the silver, which is actually shared with another team from Germany piloted by Nico Walther. 
The United States team's best finish was ninth place, a very disappointing result. The women from Sweden took home a gold in curling, something their men were unable to do just hours before they took the ice. Sweden defeated South Korea 8-3. It's the third time the Swedish women have won gold in this event, more than any other country. Japan would take home the bronze in women's curling, defeating Great Britain. Now to the medal count. Norway remains head and shoulders above the competition with 39 total medals. Germany is in second with 31. Team Canada is next with 29. In fourth is the United States with 23. And in fifth is the Netherlands with 20 total. As for the golds, Norway and Germany have 14 each. Canada has 11. The United States has 9. And Netherlands has 8. The final medals left to hand out will be in women's cross-country skiing in the 30-kilometer event. And the closing ceremony will air on NBC at 8 Eastern. That's your update from another day in Pyeongchang. Be sure to check back in every other day on the Sports Rundown, which is just tomorrow, for daily recaps of the games. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting Olympic news, only on Anchor.